have to do it. And you don't have to, but man, we love to do it. And um, so it's a challenge. I'm, I'm always, I'm just grateful for our praise team. Now we have so much talent. Did y'all like the more voices? Kind of cool, huh? More voices up here. It's just a, and that's more of a, a dynamic challenge for, for Richard and, and, and the sound booth and Lisa. She does words. We, we kind of uh, give them more to do that way when we get out of sacks here and they, you know, break out the shofar and uh, I, I just, I just love Christmas season. I've got the lights up and uh, the, the wind blew down my sign that says Jesus is the light of the world. And you know that big wind we had the other day? And it's just, I haven't been able to repair it properly. I've tried to do it and put it back. It's just not working. So they're just going to have to know that the manger scene in the cross on my yard <laughs> is going to suffice. Uh, today we're in the last of the series on prayer. P was for positioning, right? R was for remembering. A was for abiding. Wow, come on. Here we go. Y is for Yay! E was for prayerful expectation. And today we're going to be talking about, I changed it, it was going to be rejoicing, but today is about revealing. And uh, so you can rejoice in answered prayers. That's, that's, the, that's the gist of that one. But we're going to talk about revealing, a revelation today. We talked a little bit about it last week, and we talked about Simeon having the revelation that by the Spirit he was going to see the Christ child before he died, Right? And then he did. He actually experienced that in the temple when they came to dedicate baby Jesus. And he experienced it. And not only did he just look at Jesus, not only did he look at Mary and Joseph, but what else did he do? He went and he embraced Jesus. He picked up Jesus. He took him away. He took him out of his parents' arms. It was a bold move of not only hearing and being, have the revelation of what he needs to do, but actually doing it. And that's part of us, that, that's, that's part of our prayer life today. And I think that's one of the most important parts of our prayer life. I mean, they're all important. And certainly this, this little series I'm doing doesn't touch all aspects of prayer. It goes way farther, way deeper, way higher than that. But these are the things that God has shown me. But when we get revelation through prayer, when we get revelation from the Holy Spirit, when we get revelation from a dream or a vision, God wants us to act on it the way he wants us to act on it. And so we've got to be, listen, if you're not praying, you're not going to get revelation. If you're not seeking God, listen, if you don't believe in miracles, we've said many times you probably won't see any miracles unless somebody else tells you about one or you happen to be a bystander to see one. But God wants us to have this expectation that he's going to do something. And then when he reveals it, then he expects us to do something about it. So this morning, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, if, we're going to look at the message again this week. I felt like... After last week, we needed to continue in the message and the way it speaks and the way it identifies, I mean, the way it uh, makes it a little simpler to understand, maybe. So we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2 and the message you can follow on in the screen. It says, about that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius, say Quirinius, I just want to see if you can say it, was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So they had to make a trip, okay, because of the census. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. Remember, it was prophesied that Bethlehem would be the birthplace of the Savior. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. And he went with Mary, his fiancée, 
who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in a blanket. How many of you all learned swaddling clothes? When your kid go, what's a swaddling clothes, mom? <laughs> My parents never wrapped me in swaddling clothes that I know of. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in a blanket, and she laid him in a manger or a trough, a place where they feed animals, because there was no room in the hostel or the inn or the hotel. Okay? So we all know the story. Everybody, you've heard that story a thousand times, right? So we, Mary and Joseph have revelation. How do they get the revelation? Through angels. Who sent the angels? God, in a dream, and also an angel, they had revelation of what they were supposed to do. And as far as we can tell, as far as, as, far as Scripture shows, when they got to the place where they had to, the census had to be taken, we don't see Joseph or Mary, we don't read it anyway, where they're whining and complaining about what they're doing. They had this revelation, they had an order, they were submitting to the government of the land, and they did what they were supposed to do. There was no issue, it doesn't seem to me, that they were like, I can't believe God put us in this position. I can't believe this is going on. What's the deal? It, it was like, you know, so many times we get revelation and God says to go and do. And now on the, in the process of the going and the doing, we make excuses. We, we, we whine and we complain. And the Bible says do everything without complaining or grumbling, right? And we, and we whine and come, God, really? You want me to go there? You want me to do that? You want me to give this? And when we, we try to bargain with God, we try to rationalize it away. We try to uh, compromise all of these things going in our minds when we have this revelation then God says, if you'll just do what I'm saying for you to do, you're going you're to be blessed. So they had this revelation. They had to yield, number one, to the plan of God, right? Have you yielded to God's plan? Have you, do you, did you come here this morning with any expectation that well, God was going to do anything different in your life today? Do you remember? Listen, sometimes we don't, we don't expect God to do anything because we've never, we don't remember or recall all the things that he's done for us in the past. Some of you have had miracles, you've seen signs and wonders, you've been healed, you've been restored, you've been set free. All these great things have happened in your life. And then the next, cli- the, the, the next uh, tribulation that comes along, you go, God, what, where are you? What's happened? And God's wanting us to walk in this total expectation and yielded life as we walk in expectation. Listen, that is part of your prayer life. If you don't go on your knees and, and expect God to do something, church, if you don't go on your knees and, ex- and yield your life to him, what do you expect God to do? What do you expect God to do? So we got five points this morning. Number one is God reaches out to real people. Say real people. I thought about a reality show just called Real Church. Man, I've, got, I'm, I've had people tell me to write a book because of all the things that go on in church. And if you just had a real church, and, and, and the thing about the book, if I ever wrote the book, it, I, would have to, uh, I would have to put a disclaimer. The names have been changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> All the things that go on in church, it's amazing. I'm sure Potter's hand, they could write a book, you know, we, because we deal with people. We, and ministry is what? Messy. So real people, God deals with real people. I want you to understand that. Look at this scripture. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set their night watches over their sheep, and suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. I like that word. Man, they were scared out of their mind. The angel said, don't be afraid. Haven't you seen this before, guys? <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. And this is what you're to look for. Get ready. Drum roll. It's what you're going to look for, a baby. 
wrapped in a blanket. Hey, not only that, lying in a feeding trough. Think about that, guys. We, we romanticize these, these we, we see these thoughts in our mind. We see this picture played in our mind. And we don't ever actually put ourselves in the place of the shepherds or the sheep herders and think, really, what would you have done if you would have been there? What would, you have, what would your response have been? After they found you, after you'd run about two miles after the angel's shown up, like, ah, run for the hills, you know? Just think about that. I want you to understand, God came to real people with the message of the birth. How many of you ever had a birth announcement? You sent out a birth announcement. Anybody do it like this? <laughs> Hire some angels? Or even somebody just to sing? Singing telegram? No. The greatest birth announcement ever, ever, ever given. And God says, I'm, can you imagine the angels? Don't you know that they were like with God? Seriously? We're going to go make this announcement to some shepherds? Come on, God. There, there's got to be some more important people than that, than some sheep herders. Man, they're just sheep herders. They're the lowest of the low. They're below minimum wage. You want us to go to them? And God said, yes. He sent his first most prolific, extraordinary, extravagant birth announcement to shepherds. That tells me something about my God. He's concerned with real people. He's concerned with you this morning. You know, some of you think he cannot use you. Some of you think I'm not worthy. Some of you think I've done this and I've done that. There's no way God can use me. And God is speaking to you this morning. You know why? Because I'm an angel and I'm speaking the word. You know what an angel is? You know what definition of angel is? It's a messenger. So, hark the herald, right? Seriously, that, that's, that's one definition of angel is a messenger. So he's called me to give a message to you. That's really what I'm doing. I'm giving a message to you straight out of his word. And when you hear this, I want you to understand, pretend you're a shepherd. Nah, I'd rather be a sheep. Pretend, listen, think of yourself that way. We elevate these shepherds. They weren't to be elevated. You know what I love about this too? How God deals with real people. These guys, after this, after the shock of it happens, did I read the whole thing? Hold on. Uh, yeah. The thing about the, sh- the shock of after this happens, can you imagine what we would do today? Can you imagine if the announcement came to us today, if God gave us some important announcement, those, those sh- the shepherds then, guys, we need to go home and clean up. We cannot go to, to meet the king of glory, because they knew prophecy. We can't go meet the Savior. Look, look at you, Joe. Look at your dress. You smell like a sheep. We need to go home and get cleaned up. See, that's what people do. God comes, and he makes this announcement, and he, he, reveals, he reveals himself to us, and we think we got to go do something. We've got to clean ourselves up to be presentable to the king. He didn't call him to do that. He said, go, and if you'll find this baby, and he's wrapped in, in these cloths, in this blanket, and he's lying in a trough. And what does he bring? What does this baby bring? Real peace. Number two. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And when the word, listen, when the word says peace to all men and women on earth who please him. 
That's a more accurate definition than you will read in the King James. That means that real peace comes to those who walk in obedience with God. Oh, I got a big, got a big amen. Real peace. And we're talking about real people. Real peace comes only to those, according to this and other verses, to those people who are walking in obedience with God. Have you ever heard that phrase, no God, no peace? Have you ever heard that? Then you're the other one. If you spell it the other way, it's no God and no peace. It's a little play on words. Pretty cool, huh? I want to change it today. I have a license to do that. You put the other one up there. Disobey God, no peace. Obey God, no peace. Next one. You got it? It's right there. I can see it. You're shaking her head? No. Disobey God. Say disobey God. No peace. Obey God. K-N-O-W, peace. Right? Let me show you this. Let me show you this in the scripture. Romans 2.10 says, But God, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God says, I will give you my peace. He says in John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. There's something about walking in obedience, church, that brings peace to your life. If you walk in obedience in your home, if you're obeying God in your home life, if you're walking in obedience at your job, if you're a great employee, if you're doing all the right things and you're a person of integrity, if you're walking in peace, if you're, I mean, obedience in, in every area of your life, especially in your relationship with God, if you're walking in obedience to God, you will have peace. Man, I talk to people all the time. I, listen, the opposite of that is if you're not walking with God, if you're not obeying God, there's chaos. How many of you know that's true? You can be a Christian, but you've rebelled. You're doing your own thing, and you wonder why the world around you is falling apart. Because you don't have peace. The peace of God comes. It's a different kind of peace, the Bible says. It says he gives us this peace that the world cannot understand. So when you hear this song, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, that's not really what it's talking about. Peace on earth is when we know the prince of peace. That's the only time. Listen, when all these people say, we're going to sign a peace treaty, that's, a, that's humanity's kind of peace. That means the absence of war. The kind of peace that God gives is the, the kind of peace that doesn't matter what kind of storm you're in, you can be at peace because you're walking with the Lord. The third thing is real revelation. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. This is probably the most important part of the sermon because of the revelation. When Mary Lou and I had a revelation that God was more than a, just a saving God, that it was it, that we had our heavenly, we had our ticket punched to heaven. When we came to the realization and the revelation that God had more for us back in 1998, 99, we were beginning to explore the depths of God. When we came to that place, we had a choice to make of what we would do with it. And the revelation came and we began to, and, and I have to tell you this, my wife was going after it more than I was at the time. But when the, when the revelation came that there was this, more to God, and, and it was called the Holy Spirit because we had put the Holy Spirit in a little box to the side. 
We said the Holy Spirit is all it's cool as long as the Holy Spirit stays over there. We don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit much. But when we came to the realization that the Holy Spirit was real, that he really did want to come upon us in power. And we had this revelation that God really does want to heal people today. And that he does want to give gifts today. Listen, he's still giving gifts today. When we came to this revelation, we were going after it. We had a choice of what we would do with the revelation. You have a choice of what you will do with the revelation. Many of you are here this morning because God revealed his love to you, and you submitted to him, and you gave your life to Christ, right? If you're a Christian, God revealed his love and his forgiveness to you. You received it. You submitted to it. You yielded to it, and you receive, and you're walking in it today. But some of you are not really ready for the more that God has for you. And if you're not ready for it, listen, if you're not yielding to it, the, revel- the revelation is there. It's in his word. I don't know how I missed it for so many years. Religion got in the way. Denominationalism got in the way. But I can't blame all of that. I had the word right in front of me. I had the ability to read the word myself. You have that ability. Get in the word, dig, and find what God wants to show you, what he wants to reveal to you. You know, the, the shepherds had a choice that day. Can you imagine if they would have said, that is just too freaky. One guy said, man, do you, you think that's for real? Did you, did you, or you been drinking too much? Can you imagine how a lot of us, when we have revelation for God, we kind of dismiss it? Oh, I'm not sure that was God. That, that might have been the devil speaking to me. Right? Huh, no. And when it lines up with God's word, it's not the devil speaking to you, I promise. But we like to dismiss things. I didn't really hear from God. Because we want to rationalize and compromise. We don't want to do anything about what God wants us to do and follow through and yield to him and be responsive to him. But listen, it says, what, what does it say? They, they said, we need to go to Bethlehem as fast as we can and we can see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. You need to see for yourself what God's revealing to you. I don't know what, it, I, I don't know what God's showing you. I don't know what he, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to show you some things maybe you haven't seen before. You've got to be willing and open to receive what God has for you this morning. Don't dismiss what God's plan is. I remember the story I, re- I was reading, trying to find revelation and how it related to prayer. And I began to read back when in Acts chapter 11. Remember, Peter went up on the rooftop to pray. He went up on the rooftop to what? To pray. And that's when God gave him the vision. And he revealed, Peter, I know you're a Jew, and I know you love the Jews. He said, but you're confining people. My my message is for the Gentiles also. And there's a man named Cornelius, and I want you to take the gospel to that Gentile. He had a choice as what he would do with that message, church. He had the revelation, and he could have said, well, God, get somebody. Paul's in the wings. Get Paul to do it. I'm not, I don't want to do it. But Peter went. Peter had the revelation, and he went to Cornelius' house, and he, he couldn't even finish his sermon before the Holy Spirit fell, and all these people got saved. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit all at one time. And there was an explosion of the church in the, in the Gentile church, Christian church. Number four, real response. Real response. I love this verse in the way the message puts it. They left... Running, say running. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now that's a response. Look, angel said, it's a baby. We've heard about this baby. Where are we going to find this baby? I don't know. We just got to go. I don't know how many shepherds there were. 
But they took off running. I imagine that seems kind of crazy, Jerry, when they're taking off running like, where are you going? <laughs> well, I remember there's some, there's some hotels down here in this area. And I think they had some stables in the back. Let's go there. And I, okay, let's go. And they're taking off running, not even knowing where they're going. It doesn't say, that, it just says, go find a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. So they had to go look for a manger. They had to go look for a stable. They had to go look for hotels that were, that were packed, no vacancy. See that sign? He might be back there. And they ran and they looked. Man, that's a response that God wants from everyone here today. He wants you, when he reveals something to you, he wants you to run to it. You know, we have this idea, well, let's just put it on the shelf and wait, and let's see how we get confirmation from 20,000 people. <laughs> then I'll do it. If God speaks to you, and you know it. Don't put him off, church. You know, Don Babin, he used to say, I love, I love Don. Don Babin said, uh, man, you can be prophesied over and have the most beautiful prophecy and, and, and spoken over you and go straight to hell. You can. If you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, you walk in here, and Ron Campbell's standing right here, and he speaks in his funny language, and, man, he prophesies over you, and you walk out of here, and, man, you don't accept Jesus. You have this word of prophecy spoken over you, and you get hit by a bus, you go to hell. Right? You've got to do something with what God's speaking to you is what I'm saying. You've got to have a response to the Savior today. Seeing was believing, it says. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Everybody that heard what they said were impressed. They had to believe. Man, they had to know what they were saying was true because people were impressed. Man, they were marveling at what they said. It reminds me of Acts chapter 14 when Peter and John were going to the, the gate beautiful and there was a beggar, the cripple, and he was, man, they just reached out and touched him and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up. And everybody's going, wow, that's, that's incredible. Verse 13 says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, real people, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. When they saw the shepherds, when they heard the shepherds, when they heard the excitement in their voice, they knew that they had seen Jesus. Man, the first evangelists were sheep herders. Isn't that amazing? The first evangelists, sheep herders. Acts 4.20, I love that verse. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Johnny Mack and Glenda Brown. Glenda is David Hicks's uh, sister-in-law, or sister, sister. Y'all remember the story about Johnny Mack? Had the heart problem? Got, came here and got prayer. He was, I don't know their, their spiritual state at the time, except that, man, he was, he was told you go home and die. Get your affairs in order. Many had had his heart disease for 15 to 20 years. And he'd gone to this last test, and they said, man, just get your affairs in order because you ain't going to live much longer. And he came, and he said, I, I, I need prayer. And we prayed for him, and then he came to the prayer room, and he, we got, he got prayer again. And then he went for the test, and the doctor said, I know what the doctors are telling you, but, man, there is nothing wrong with your heart. After 15 years of been telling him that his deteriorating, 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 stint, stint, stint. Then they came back and said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. You know, that's great. But here's the deal. They've been telling everybody about it. They've been telling everybody about it. They came up to Mary Lou last week. We went to the doctor's office, and they were asking, asking about us, and we began to tell them how God healed us. And one person went, wow, that's awesome. Praise God. And the other person looked at them like they're a little bit funny. But they were praising God by their testimony. There were revelation came that God had done something in their life, and they could not shut up about it. 
The devil wants to shut you up. He wants to keep you quiet. He wants you to be politically correct. And to that I use that great Greek word baloney. Or in the Hebrew, balagna. I still think that's kind of funny. We are not called to be politically correct, church. We are called to be the mouthpiece of the Savior. We are called to speak the good news. And if the good news offends, just offend them. Just offend them. Maybe it'll make them stop and think. But we can't help but speak of the things that we have heard. And we tell these testimonies. Listen, before we go and pray for somebody, we begin to tell them testimonies. You know why? Because it builds their faith. Three documented heart healings in the last month at this body of believers. Three. So we can't help but tell you. I'm going to tell you. You might get tired of hearing it, but I'm going to keep telling you. But I want to keep telling you more and more and more. Because God's God of more. He wants to do more than he's already done if we'll just get out of the way and let him. And I said all that to say this. It's kind of funny going into the next verse. But Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear and deep within herself. You know, I was preparing this message, and I get that. That doesn't mean right. That's not right. <laughs> but I begin to think, why did Mary keep it quiet? Because she had a mother's instinct within her to protect her child. She had this motherly instinct to protect this baby because she knew how important Jesus was. But I want to tell you that also to tell you this. There's a time and a place for everything, and how you speak and when you speak is important. And for that, we all need discernment. You do. You just need discernment. We need, to, we, need to how, we need to know how to share a testimony. Some of you don't know how to share your testimony. You need to learn how to share your testimony. Don't make it about how bad you were. Make it about how good God is. But you need to know that when somebody says, why do you believe what you believe? I'm Listen, I can't speak for anybody else, but I was lost and now I'm found. I was a sad person. Now I'm happy. I didn't have any joy. Now I have joy. I used to be addicted. Now I'm not addicted. Whatever it is that God's delivered you from, you can say that. You can speak that over people, and they cannot deny your testimony. Like for Johnny Mac, well, I used to have heart disease. Now I don't. (laughs) Frank Chapa used to have a heart problem. Now I don't. And the fifth point is real radical. The sheep herders returned and what? They what? What? See, I can't even say let loose, right? They let loose! The sheep herders, they let loose! glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen because it turned out exactly the way they'd been told. Don't you just love that? I love that that translation. They let loose. No holding back. Mary, silent, pondered. (gasps) Sheep herders, we've met the Savior. He's here. 
I know it doesn't sound, it sounds crazy, but when we, we angels, they spoke, we went, there, he wasn't, oh, you're not going to believe it, it's Jesus, it's the Messiah, the one that they've been promised, Isaiah told us about him, he's coming, he's here, man, they're let loose, I can imagine how excited they were, they got the invitation, nobody else did, <laughs> except some wise men, and they had to figure that one out themselves, <laughs> right, and they were late, Going back to the guy that was healed in the temple. Acts 4.8. The man went into the temple with him, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. He was letting loose. He was letting loose. When's the, time, when's the last time you let loose for Jesus? When's the last time you shouted his name? When's the last time you just, whoo, my God is an awesome God. You see, I believe that the shepherds were charismatics. <laughs> I believe the guy that was healed was a charismatic. Pentecostal, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, man, they just cut loose. They let loose. We're not, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of Jesus. We're not ashamed of what we've seen. We're not ashamed of what he's come to do. We're not ashamed of who we are. We're just real shepherds that a real God has come and touched with a message of salvation. But he's done the same for you and for me. I visited with a guy oh, last week. and I'm not going to embarrass him. I'm not going to give a name or anything. But <laughs> I love this. I'm not going to go to him. That would really embarrass him. You know, what time is it? Oh, good, good time. A lot of time. He said, when we came to this church, <clears throat> the church we left said, those people over there are radical. <laughs> We're radical. Radical. I never thought of us as radical. I just thought of us as preaching the gospel. Have you ever thought of yourself as radical? I love that reputation. I hope all of St. Angelo knows we're radical because Jesus was radical. Seriously, he was radical. Look at the things that he did, church. Walk, come on, walk on some water with me. He was radical. 10,000 people, no problem. We got Chick-fil-A for everybody. No problem. He was radical. You're blind, no problem. You can see now. Get, bring me some mud. <laughs> you know, he can see. He was radical. Aren't we supposed to be radical? Don't we have a radical God? Don't we have a radical Savior, a radical Holy Spirit? We are filled with and baptized with the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and you. Hallelujah. We ought to be radical. Man, if, if, if waving some flags is radical, that's, that's ridiculous. Oh, man, there are way flags in that church. Really? That's radical? Stab somebody with a flag and you don't get them healed. That's radical. God's called us to be radical, church. That's why I love what the shepherds did. Man, they went back and they told us. When you leave here, people ought to know when you go to the restaurant, I'm a believer. 
You might see a waitress and she's got a tear in her eye. She's down and out. Can I pray for you? My God can touch you today. Man, we ought to have this fire within us, this fire that is such a radical burning fire within us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I don't know if you know it, but most of the world looks pretty bad shape right now. The Muslims, they're radical in their faith. They want to kill all Christians. Most of them, the radical ones do. We should be radical enough that we would love them into the kingdom of God. We should be radical enough that we would say, God, it's for you. Jesus came for you. That's how our our God is radical. Homosexuality, no problem. God loves you. He is a radical God. Jesus died for you. Drug addict, he died for you. He died for everybody. He came for everybody. And he's called us, and he's given us this great, 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 great message. The greatest story ever told. We got it. We got it. So when are you going to let loose? When are you going to cut loose and be what God has called you to be? If uh, some lowly shepherds could do it, we can do it. Amen? Y'all stand. Y'all stand. Let's pray. Jesus is not only radical, he was a revolutionary. And I'm not talking about guns. He is a revolutionary in the way of love. He said, your enemies persecuting you, bless them. People being mean to you, love them. He was radical in his love. That's what we got to be, church. We got to be radical in our love. Love for God and love for people. We have a lot of those t-shirts in our church that says, love God, love people. And that's more radical than you think. Because most of the world doesn't tell you to love everybody. They just say, love the people that are lovely. And anybody can do that, the Bible says. Y'all bow your heads. Can I have the ministry team up here this morning? We got time to pray for you. My God is so radically in love with you. He wants to touch you today, whatever you're condition might be you might be in bondage today a radical god says you don't need to stay in bondage if you're in bondage today it's something god wants to he wants to radically change that our heart's desire has always been if you come in and you need something that god's got to give you don't leave without it don't leave without what he wants to give you he has this beautiful hope it was introduced way back 2,000 years as this, this beautiful hope came as a baby that died on the cross, rose from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father. But when he left, he said, I'm sending somebody in my place. Holy Spirit's coming, and he's here. He's already poured him out on all the earth. It's up to us to receive him today. So, Father, today in Jesus' name, whatever the needs are in this place. Maybe there's some people here that just walk in fear. And, and your word says you did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. They, they just feel like I can't share, I can't speak. And they just need a fresh baptism. Or they need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just an infilling today. Come upon them in power. Father, we just pray that this will be a radical Christmas season. That our homes get together on this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And Jesus is spoken of. And he's spoken of. And he is lifted up. And he's exalted.
So, Father, if there's one in this place that doesn't know you, Father, may they come today. If there's one in this place that feels unworthy that they can't come to know you because of they're just the lowest of the low, Lord, may they come today and know that you're for them. If there's some here today, Father, that are walking in, in deception or just fear, Father, may they come today and get prayer because of your great love for them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning for anything, healing. Listen, you've already heard testimonies. If, there's, if you need healing today, let us pray for you. Let us anoint you with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. And I know that sounds radical to some people. Oil? Why oil? Because the Bible says so. Praying in tongues? Whoa, what a, the Bible says so. Praying in the Spirit? Whoa, whoa, that's all so radical. Listen, are you ready to get radical for Jesus? Then open up and say, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. Mary Lou and I had to do that. And God birthed this. Because we're walking in obedience to the revelation. What's your prayer life like? Are you walking in expectation and obedience? God wants to minister to you today. Come on. Just step out and come. I want to pray for you. just want to bless you this morning, this Christmas season. Come on. We want to pray for you today. Be obedient to what God's speaking to you right now. Just obey Him. We obey Him. Let Him speak to you today in Jesus' name. Jesus name. doesn't start here with love it's just a bunch of false manifestations you know what I'm talking about it's not about waving a flag or running around and jumping up and down it's not about that it's about being radically in love with Jesus and that love would flow out of you through the spirit of God to touch other people's lives his spirit would fill you so much that obedience is just the norm you want to please him and when you walk with him you obey him. Listen, you're going to touch other people's lives. Just let loose and let God. Let go and let God be ruler, king over your life today. Father, I want to bless Freedom Fellowship today. To let loose and let you have, let, let them allow you to have your way in their life. I just speak that over the body today. That we would be radically changed to walk and obey and be a blessing to this community and wherever we go. In Jesus' name, just empower your people today to be your, your hands and your feet and your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.